Hey guys, and welcome back to the channel. It's the WTA Roland Garros final. And of course, it's between two very young and talented players. I cannot wait to break this down. And I can't believe actually how quickly the tournament's gone on. It's been so quick. I didn't expect it to be over so soon. And I'm very much looking forward to the final, but also going to be really sad when it ends because I've extremely enjoyed the tournament so far on the men's and the women's side and it's actually my favorite grand slam and i'm not just saying that it really is Iga Sviantec versus coco goff it's going to be a blockbuster affair i have to say because Iga Sviantec goes into it a big favorite she was the favorite before the tournament started she is on this ridiculous 34 match winning streak this year as well since the australian open She's playing some fantastic tennis, only dropped a set so far coming into this. For Coco Goff, it's a first Grand Slam final. Uh, she made her first semi-final of a Grand Slam as well, uh, beating Trevisan in straight sets, the Italian in very good style, 6-3, 6-1. And she just said after as well, uh, in a very, very level-headed way, Coco Goff, that she was in a bit of shock, but and she didn't know how to react said, I have no words to describe how I feel, uh, but she just said she's going to play a natural game, and, you know, it's a Grand Slam final, and it's possible that she can win, and she, she knows she's an underdog, but, yeah, she said, I've not been nervous all tournaments, which is surprising, and she said something that she does, which is, I think, a very interesting thing to do, and I can see how it might work. She says, in the morning, I go for a walk, and that clears my head, and after that, I feel great. Well, I should go for more walks, obviously. Uh, thanks very much, guys, as well, for tuning into this. We're going to, first of all, break down the, I guess, the, the paths or the journeys of each player to this point in the tournament. So I'm going to very briefly kind of talk about how they've been playing and, you know, what kind of what they bring to the table, I guess, um, and their results so far and routes. And then I'm going to talk about, uh, you know, the head-to-head -head as well, whether they have played each other before, and then we're going to break it down from more of a tactical standpoint. I'm going to talk about what each player needs to do against each other tactically as well, because, of course, it'll be an intriguing matchup and both have firepower, no doubt. Right, so let's go into then the routes to this stage. Uh, so Coco Goff, actually, let's go through the challenger first. I guess she's technically a challenger, I guess you could say, because she's a big underdog. And Shriantek, of course, won this tournament in 2020 in really impressive fashion as only an 18, 19-year-old or 19-year-old even it was at that time. Of course, Coco Goff is only 18 years of age, so she will be even younger uh, than Shriantek if she were to win uh, this title as well. So Goff, the 23-ranked player in the world currently, although that ranking will definitely uh, be improved after this tournament, she goes into this after some very impressive wins. Uh, she beat Kanepi, uh, but before she beat Kanepi, she actually beat Van Utvijk and Marino. So let's go through it in, in order, I guess. She hasn't dropped a single set, by the way, which is incredible because she goes into this as uh, as the underdog, but out of the two players, she's the only player not to have dropped a set. So she beat Van, uh, she beat, uh, sorry, Marino, the Canadian in the first set, Van Utvijk, then Kanepi, who's really dangerous, of course, beat Muguruza in the first round. Uh, she beat Mertens as well, who's a really tricky left-hander. Sloane Stevens, who was in great form. And then Trevisan, the left-hander as well. So I think 
coming into this, she's in some ridiculously good form. Now, I guess the only downside is that because she hasn't dropped a set, we haven't been able to see what her resilience is like being down. Um, and that is always interesting to see because uh, Emma Raducanu had a similar thing in the US Open last year where she didn't drop a single set and she was blowing people away. And then she also beat Fernandez in the final in straight sets. But everyone was saying that, okay, on that run, if she had just dropped a set maybe later on in the tournament, maybe the first set, how does she recover? Now, we haven't seen that with Coco Goff, and, and I don't know how she would react. Against Fiontek, it's a different ball game as well. A lot of people think that when you lose the first set against Fiontek, when she's playing like this, it's almost impossible to recover. So <laughs> might not be the best of gauges to, I guess, assess her mental uh, strength and fortitude. But um, an interesting factor nonetheless um, for Sviontek, she came through Serenko, Risk, Kovinic, all in straight sets. Then Zeng, who definitely gave us some issues, who took that set off her that I was talking about in a tiebreaker. Zeng 5-3 down in that first set, but then took it. And then she beat Pagula in really good fashion. I thought I co we covered that match. Um, and I just thought she was really good. I thought she was really, really good, um, Sviontek. Pagula... Um, she definitely has some chances. It wasn't as straightforward, I don't think, as as the scoreline suggested. But uh, Shvontek got it done, and she was good. But then against Kasatkina, I thought she played slightly better, Shvontek as well, and almost kind of warming up for that final nicely. I mean, six two six one, so a breadstick there. Only dropping three games is really impressive. First set percentage at seventy percent. First set points one at seventy nine percent. And second serve points won at 58%. So that's really impressive. And the winners on four serves for the match at 22 to 13, which is really, really good. Uh, so that's impressive from Shriontek. Right, then if we look at uh, Coco Goff's, I guess, you know, stats as well and, and some things to look out for. So against Trevisan, she had a decent first serve percentage at 62%, but first serve points won at 74% is really good. Uh, she also was returning very well. Trevor Sand only won 46% of first serve, points one, and 32% as well behind the second serve. Winners time for Sarah's 14 to 20 isn't the best kind of you know, turnout. And it'll be interesting to see what she's been like in her other matches because probably needs to be a bit more solid than that against Fiontech. Against Stevens, she was 16, she was 18 to 23. Again, not the it's, that's okay. Not the best though. And her first serve. Points one percentage was very low. First serves in at sixty five percent, so she's been serving around the sixty to sixty five percent. And then in terms of first serve points one, she's kind of fluctuated a lot against Mertens as well. She was a much she was much better in that game. Seventy one percent of first serves made, seventy two percent of first serve points one, and then nineteen winners to seventy nine four serves. That's kind of more like the type of form she'll need to have going into that on deck clash but the issue she'll have which Shriontek won't is the nerves now Shriontek might be nervous because she's an overwhelming favorite no doubt and uh, she will go into that as a massive favorite and it's a big opportunity because uh, not only is she on this you know ridiculous streak and playing really well but she also has an opportunity to level up with Venus Williams as uh, the joint highest player um to have the longest streak since 2000. So longest winning streak since 2000. Uh, Venus Williams won 35 straight matches. Serena's on 34. Egon on 34. So 
If Io Shriontek wins, she'll level up with Venus Williams. Um, the all-time longest WTA winning streaks is ridiculous. I mean, Martina Navratilova, Navratilo, Navratilo, oh my God, I'm butchering her name, Navratilova, um, it has two out of the top three, 74 consecutive wins in 1984, Steffi Graf, 66, and uh, Navratilova, 58, in 86 to 87, which is just ridiculous. So, you guys should be on to take a long way off from that, but still, um, some very, very impressive stats for her to kind of get involved in. So, we'll see uh, how she gets on with that. But from a, like a statistical point of view, Shriontek will be very much hoping that Goff doesn't serve, um, you know, 70% or more first serves in, which has been relatively rare for her this tournament. She's kind of been hovering below that. Uh, and if that's the case, then Shriontek will definitely look to be aggressive on the second serve returns. And uh, she's been serving well as well, especially behind the serve with the one plus shot. She's been really good and effective with that. Um, in terms of then from a, I guess, looking at it from a more holistic point of view and what Shriontek's been saying, she said it's, it's a pretty special moment and emotional. I'm grateful to be healthy and in that place. Um, you know, I think she will be intrigued um, to see maybe the crowd and also how uh, the crowd takes to Coco Goff as well. I, mean, I imagine most of them will be behind Igor Shmiontek. Um Now, there's a big, big, big question mark around, uh, you know, if Shmiontek does not serve particularly well, doesn't hit a huge amount of first serves in, is there a big chance she's going to have a lot of messy service games? Because she hasn't had it all her own way in this uh, in this tournament. She's had a lot of messy service games, a lot of, uh, you know, serve or service games where she got broken. Uh, but she's always come out on top, and that's because she's been playing some really good tennis overall. But in the service games especially, you, know, like, you do notice at times she does battle, she does make some mistakes, mainly because as well, you have to remember, she's flattened out that forehand um, a lot more uh, in this year than she had in previous years. I mean, she has been working with her coach to really get high RPMs on it. And I think from that point of view, um, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting thing because you would expect on clay to kind of hit with a, a heavier ball rather than a, a flatter ball, but she's doing done the opposite and she just still has a variation but she is hitting the forehand flatter and with more pace than we have seen in the past and what that means is that she's able to rush her opponents and there was a stat and i know it is different but she hits you know, her forehand and was hitting her forehand at the same pace as Rafael Nadal's now Nadal is you know, obviously hitting with a lot more topspin and coverage over the net. So I get that, you know, that might be slightly misleading. Shriontek does also do a similar thing, but not to the same degree. So it is slightly flatter. And especially given that she's been trying to hit a flatter this year as well and kind of just rush her opponents. But you have to also remember that on the men's side, like generally uh, the forehand speed is a lot quicker than the women. So the fact that she's at the same uh, speed is is very impressive and shows how well she's been striking that forehand side. So, you know, I think we'll see. We'll see how she gets on. Um, I think Coco Goff needs to have a good returning game. So, or returning day, sorry, even. 
Let's look at it then from a tactical point of view. So Coco Goff has one of the biggest serves on tour on the women's side. Now, if she hits her spots and she makes a lot of first serves, she will cause Friontek problems. She will. Uh, then she needs to be very good behind the serve as well. Uh, is she going to be able to, you know, I guess, try and shorten the points? Because really, she doesn't want to be getting into longer rallies with Shriontek. The one thing she has at her disposal, Goff, is the fact that she does have this ridiculous athletic ability to get around the court, um, even on the volley as well. I think, you know, I don't see her coming to the net a lot, um, but when she is able to, I think she should, especially if it's behind a big first serve and then maybe not serve volley, but for the next, if the return short, hitting a really good approach, come to the net, give yourself an easy volley with that good approach, uh, that will help her. Shriontek is a great passer though, and that could be something that Goff is very, very wary of. Now, if we're looking at it from a, you know, serve return dynamic, because well, she needs to return really well. Now, Shriontek, as I said, has been serving well uh, into corners for a lot of the part, and she's definitely serving bigger than I've ever seen her, a lot more aces than, I, than I've ever seen as well, and it's definitely bulked up. Uh, the second serve as well, she's got a good kick on that second serve, and, you know, Goff will have to contend with that. Jessica Pagula didn't adapt. She kept on trying to return the second serve from way inside the baseline, uh, and then eventually realized, well, she didn't eventually realize and should have that, okay, I'm hitting a lot of returns long um, or it's the net, a lot of mistakes. I need to give myself a bit more time because I'm taking it kind of like shoulder height. And uh, Goff needs to then look at that as well and think, okay, do I need to take a step back? Yes, it might be kind of more neutral, defensive, giving us a second serve. But as long as my second serve returns in, in you know, the sweet spot in terms of it being... Um, you know, a decent height for me as well, then why not? Because it means I've got a better chance of one, making the return, and two, hitting it hopefully deeper into a corner because I have time to, to kind of eye it up. So in that sense, I think that's a good option for Goff and something to look out for her return position. Uh, and then from Shriontek's point of view, uh, she would look to target the Goff backhand because the forehand, she has a lot of time. She has, it's, a, it's a big, big, big swing. So if she goes hard into the forehand, uh, she might end up making errors because of the, the kind of big backswing that Goff has. And that does mean that she personally, for me anyway, uh, her game is quite suited to the clay uh, because of the big, you know, the big wind up, the big backhand and forehand swings. Uh, so we'll see how she gets on. But a good serving day um, and cutting it on for errors. And I think it will be a very intriguing kind of match. Uh, then the big thing is Shriontek for her, you know, she will be looking to move Goff all over the court. Goff is super fit though, super athletic because I saw in the semi-final against, uh, not against Travis and also the quarterfinal as well. I mean, she was moving around incredibly well. She's a great mover and uh, athletic, uh, the, the athletic ability of hers is incredible, I have to say. So, We'll see how she gets on, but in terms of you know what Goff can do, and I kind of mentioned it about, of course, hit, you know she has to hit her spots on the serve big time. She does. She might get some free points because it's, it's that big that serve. Um, then she needs to return well because Iga won't serve as big as her, but she'll hit her spots a lot of the time. So if Goff can make sure that she wants to try and make as many forehands as possible, 
And I think maybe a good option is to go into out on the forehand. Now, the issues in the women's game, you know, they don't really go into out a lot. Um, they mainly try and hit the backhand, which is interesting. Uh, but even if she can find good angles on the backhand, I think the backhand to backhand exchange, she can have some success. The forehand's a forehand even as well. So I think from the ground, she will have some success. It just then comes down to how both players serve and return. Really. And if, uh, you know, one edge is the other, then, you know, it's very, very hard to see how they then lose the set of the match. So, or, well, a set or the match even. So, Koko Goff has it all, all to do, no doubt. Has it all to do. Um, but I'm very confident that she's going to give Shriontek a good run for her money, at least. Uh, my prediction is Shriontek in three sets. Um, but let's see how we get on. Koko Goff, I really hope she plays some of her best tennis and the occasion doesn't overrule her. A lot of players, it does, playing in their first ever Grand Slam final and they end up losing. So, I think... If Goff is just calm, which she, she seems to be, which is a massive, massive plus, then you're thinking, okay, well, let's see, you know, let, let's see what she can do. Let's see what she can do. Can she take a set? Can she even potentially win? Who knows? She's a very talented young player. Uh, she's definitely mentally uh, seems to be a lot better as well, I think, than previous years. Um, I think she's going to be... Yeah, a really, really good player, but maybe just not her time. And Shriontek will be thinking that. 21 years of age, Koko Goff 18. Uh, so, battle of the young young guns. And I think Shriontek will be relishing the opportunity to try and, you know, break down even the Goff ground strokes at times. That'll frustrate Goff as well. Um, having to play extra shots and, going, and then also being rushed and then make a mistake. So, I think she will definitely... Um, yeah, have something to kind of work on going forward. But for Shriontek, I don't know, it's difficult. Like, what does she do? She'll probably go backhand to backhand and back herself. Uh, she'll go into him with the forehand. Uh, then in the forehand to forehand exchange, I, I think she's got, she may not hit the ball as hard as Kokogov, but she's got a lot of different variations, uh, which is something that I guess Barty had before she retired. And a lot of people will be looking at Barty saying, what can I take? out of your kind of page book or playbook uh, to help me out going forward because obviously she left at the top of her game. Uh, so, yeah, that's all from me. Thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. Do appreciate it. Do remember to hit that like button and subscribe if you're new. Also, do remember to hit that join button as well if you're watching on YouTube. We have some exclusive content coming out after running Garros on the, uh, on the community tab just for members. Of course, we're going to be doing all the usual stuff on the channel, um, but for members, thank you uh, to everyone that's joined and only right that I do some extra content for you guys. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Stay safe and well, and I'll see you on the next video.